everyone. It's me, Trevor Strunk, Hagelbun on Twitter. I'm here with Alex Deegan, uh, a guest who hasn't been on in a while because we keep uh, messing up our scheduling. Uh, which it's the it's the human reason why our friends aren't on all the time. Deegan, hello. Thank you for not uh, being banned doing? on Twitter currently while we were. Oh this. yeah, I forgot about that. That was when we were talking about. Yeah, I was I was suspended for seven days. Which last time that happened, I was banned. Yeah, you were never brought back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> On day seven, he was banned. No, it happened like that. It was like, your account will be restored in 12 hours. And I was like, okay. And it was like, your account is gone forever and you can't make a new one. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I remember when that happened. That was, uh, that was sudden. That was, yeah. yeah. Um, did you, uh, it, it's because you made fun of Elon Musk, as I recall. No, no, no. I made fun of JK Rowling. Oh, oh interesting. <laughs> that feels that feels like far less of like a current crime. But I, guess, right, I don't fine, know. She was she was kind of she was she had just threatened to sue some British guy for libel, and he had to publicly oh, yeah. he had to publicly be like, and she's a nice person. And oh. so I was like, fuck that. I'm in America. Fuck you. And I said and like turfs are fascists or something. And then I got put in jail for seven days on Twitter. Yeah, some 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 lady who. Um, is obsessed with with like you know keeping her library clean for feminists or whatever is uh just decided that you needed to be banned. Yeah, um, I, I I don't even know. Like yeah, I mean funny. at this point, it's just funny because like yeah, I you know even for the fact that it feels nice <laughs> to yeah. like say fuck you to a horrible rich person. The fact that they can also just be like all of your writing and art and right. <laughs> DMs you have with people are gone. It's like, oh, God damn it. Yeah, I probably just shouldn't have. I probably shouldn't have enjoyed the it, liberties that have been given to me. By it's just of. funny that, that that still works that way. You're like, oh, so she can't sue me for libel. But, you know. Yeah, she can get my entire like, I oh, my career is impacted because of uh, this woman. That's great. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm glad that you weren't banned. That's 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 good. We don't we we want to see you on Twitter. We want to see you struggling with um, how awful it is. Uh, I I don't really use it as much anymore. To no, be I don't either. I mean, I'm on there every so often. I I tweet sometimes, and especially if I'm at a, if I'm bored at work or whatever. But yeah, um, I feel like if you see me tweet like six times in a row, I'm procrastinating and I have something I should be doing. I'm just doing like the mental like freak out of like waste time as much as possible, as quick as possible. Oh, sure. Yeah, I know how that goes. Um, yeah, I, I know it all too well. Uh, but no, I, I'm glad you're back. What, what have you been working on? What can we what can we what can we uh, look forward to? In the oh, the only thing that will be like public facing recently is I made a bunch of posters for uh, the of the killer series of video games that is oh, from cool Adamites slash garment district i like Adamites. they make really good games yeah you should have them on i don't know how i know i've never really i've never really had a relationship with them but like um they're really he's really hilarious no he's yeah funny soft-spoken nice dude um yeah if i if anyone knows Catamites and wants to put us in contact please please I, do I, I could <laughs> I, I, or vegan can i just didn't want to it's it's rude to ask your guests for favors uh, uh it turns on, out, on air <laughs> turns out yeah no so if, if the audience doesn't know uh you know the Catamites has been making games for i don't know decades at this point yeah, it's I it's, think it's like, quite a quite a ride. I feel like th also they are he's not super famous, but like 
I would say he's well known in the indie games. I, I also think that his his he has inspired so much. Like, yeah, I think the he made an RPG maker game called Space Funeral in like the mid aughts that I feel like has a long tail and it's <laughs> like you're still seeing stuff influenced by it now. Yeah, and he's he makes games that are real fun and funny and really well written and also ridiculous and strange and surreal and also a lot like twist the medium but not in like a showy or self-satisfied way it's not like yeah. J- jonathan blow ass shit it's like right it's He's just really kind of doing like a game but it's like yeah it the medium me. the medium is part of it but it's also not really like single-minded that it's just about the medium and like sure. looking in a beer and going like what are games you know like it, it's about more than that so he has a new series called of the killer which is all free right now and cool. it's like uh eyes of the killer voice of the killer heart of the killer okay. stuff like that and i made posters that when eventually the anthology series is uh, i think i can talk about this it's not a big deal <laughs> once the anthology series is uh, collected my posters will be like the loader that you choose oh, the uh, and also I have some art that's just in in parts of the game oh so man that's great that's what I've been working on that I guess people can see I'm that's also fantastic. working on a very long form comic that I have no idea when it's going to come out I, I feel like I feel like you, you sent me a long form comic that you'd written and I always want to tell people that it's really good and then I'm like only I read that comic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm secret. I, I can I'm 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 blessed. I should um, try to get that published. I actually finished that in the height of like everything being stopped during COVID, yeah, which was already two years it's not ago. Like, the way I put it there makes it, I was actually going to clarify because the way I put it there makes it sound like it's like a secret. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, you know, like a, it's, it's like a porno comic or something. It's, no, it's, it's like it's, the, my, it's my very... publisher, my, the publisher that I used for the last decade is not a publisher anymore. She went into like arts funding and stuff in Canada, which, you know, doesn't help me because I'm not Canadian. You could so, be like looking for another publisher. I finished this thing. I'm like, spring of 2021 and i just looked around and people were like yeah publishing's not really doing anything or taking any risks and also supply chain is making it hard to get books places and i was like ah so good though you gotta cool. we have to find we have to find a place i i, I will eventually I, I went down a whole bunch of different avenues of like being like yeah what if i get representation mm-hmm, <laughs> and then right. a few people i found were like yeah i just do cook books or like children's books now and i was like cool i don't do either of those things but uh <laughs> are you sure uh you, you could think of this as a cookbook and that <laughs> like you think you, of this you as cook a, throughout it a cookbook for children yeah <laughs> um yeah no it's uh it, it, it's good stuff and and all of your stuff is really good that's like that's it's cool that you're working with catamites because like it, in many ways they remind me of um of like some of the other um, indie folks that I've had on the show, like um, uh, Jack King Spooner or oh, even- absolutely. I, I feel like Jack King Spooner probably played the Academy. Oh, stuff. I expect so. I think, I think yeah. actually he mentioned that like, that was one of the games he really liked when he was on the show with me. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would have to go back and look, but I, I that's what I recall. Jack, I am sorry if that's not true. Um, <laughs> I hate those guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I just said that of, of I like, what I like about his stuff reminds me of of the Catamites as well. Oh yeah, no, so no, like, I, I, I'm, I'm, 
honestly fairly sure that he said that he liked the uh, something. Yeah, like I, that. I don't want to do uh, the I don't want to do the thing that when people do to, to me, it makes me insane. Where someone's like, his influences are obviously blah blah. blah. I'm like, <laughs> fucking no, they're not. Like, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. No, I'm not gonna do that to you. But the, uh, it's just um, funny because in 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 comics, and I feel bad shitting on comics critics because they're not paid anything. But like. Sometimes it's such a small focus that they'll be like, your comics are a direct response to blah, blah, blah. They name some other comic and you're like, I, I don't know that. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I feel like comics particularly are like that, where like the the kind of like oeuvre that you can pull from is so and not thin because there's a lot of really good comics, but like sort of the um, yeah, but I, I understood. Think a lot of- a okay. lot of the people who are making alt comics now that are interesting are not making them directly in reference to like a genealogy of right. comics. You no, know I, I would mean? agree. And I think like the, the, one of the reasons, one of the reasons I would guess if I were making alt comics, I would say like, I wouldn't want to respond to a genealogy in comics because the genealogy is almost completely determined by those critics, even in more, even in a more like sort of complete way than in literature. Yeah. Where, like, you're just no, like, and it's even, yeah. it's even smaller than in literature. Yeah. <laughs> because at least in literature, you, you have a history in other countries. Like the weirdest thing is, uh, whatever, but like everyone's responding to art Spiegelman. Everyone's responding. No, but that's like, the thing. I feel like but for, I'm not. <laughs> throughout, throughout the 2010s, there were people who were just comic critics who only thought in comics critics way. So in a way they were yeah. fighting a fight from an internet forum from maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. And they would be like, draw a line in the sand based on how you feel about our crumb. And it's like, our crumb was at the height of his powers. Like, half a century ago in the like, 70s yeah like, like like late 1960s like nobody working today and doing really interesting so it would be like the same thing as like if you saw someone playing a guitar and it'd be like well you must have thoughts about ted nugent it's like, <laughs> yeah like, like, <laughs> yeah no it's true like i think like the the you know like for me the the kind of like central figure in this is scott mcleod who like at one point made kind of like I mean, made Zot, which I I found more interesting than understanding comics. But like in making understanding comics, it was like, okay, here is the the touchstone. We finally have it. What do you think about understanding comics? And like when I told people I didn't find it super interesting, it was like considered a a, a real big problem. Well, it's also funny because like, yeah, I, I don't know anyone who think I don't know anyone who makes comics who thinks in the terms of understanding comics. Why would they? No, <laughs> like, like I I love I love the I love the um oh why am I forgetting uh, the spirit guy uh, the Will Eisner, Eisner I love yeah. I love I love Eisner's um uh like sort of like it's not called understanding comics but it's basically like uh he has like two or three graphic novels about like oh how to write comics. And I like them a lot. I also, even though I like them, I can't imagine anyone being like, I got to write comics, so I'm going to make them like Eisner. Um, well, the, I mean, the weirdest thing about anything, and it, it could also be comics, and it could also be video games or books sure. or movies, the process of making a thing is pretty much the end product that you see. So, mm-hmm. like, for someone to take a step out and say, like, if someone takes an actual work they did and like annotates it or does like, you know, does director's commentary over it, maybe that would show you how they made it. But making a third thing, which is just a process idea about the making of a thing. Yeah. Is not actually the thing itself. I mean, a lot of great books <laughs> no, and right. movies and stuff are about the making of a thing, but they're not 
they're also about the making of the self-same well, yeah, that I, you're I seeing. Think, I think ultimately, if you look at something like Understanding Comics or you look at something like like uh, Eisner's books on comic making or like even like Kirby's books, on, it's like it's basically just like, OK, this is this is this is an artwork in and of itself that just like takes a different form. It's just um, funny that I was thinking like, you know, uh, what's that? Fellini movie eight and a half is about oh, a guy yeah, eight and a half. Yeah. making a movie that he doesn't actually make the movie kind of, but then you're watching the movie. So many books are like that. So like yeah. when someone's like, here's a how to thing that is also the thing itself. You're like half the time. I'm like, eh, just make your book, man. <laughs> All right. Fellini. Like, <laughs> no, uh, not, not him. I'm saying, oh, no, no, no. I was, I was saying like joking around about them being Fellini. like, okay. Yeah. yeah like you, you finally got your eight and a half. I, you know, one of the the other person that uh, and we can get onto what we we're going to talk about, but like one of the other people that Catamites reminds me of is um, uh, Pedro Paiva, who I talked to ages and ages ago. Um, what did they do? I don't uh, know the name. Oh, Pedro does. Um, he's a, he's a Brazilian artist, um, really really interesting artist. Does a lot of like video game uh, critique. Uh, um, I would say like. <sighs> parody in some ways um a lot of stuff that kind of like rides the edge of um basically like commenting on like uh piracy and and ip and like accessibility and what a game should be and stuff like that i think like one of the cool things about pedro's work one of the cool things about catamites one of the cool things about jack um is that like the the work itself occupies sort of like a, a place of, um, uh, I don't know how to say it, like illumination where like you actually get to sort of think like, okay, like, Oh um, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Absolutely. Because yeah. it's not, it's not doing a sort of like, uh, it's not doing like a kind of like sophist thing where it's like the dance itself is the dance. It's actually, yeah. And it's not a dance is not about a dance and it's not a dance about architecture, but it's about so many different things that includes you knowing that you're actually involved in looking at a work of art. Or yeah, whatever. totally. And so like they, they call attention to the fact that it's art, but at the same point, like the art has to be a game and the art has to kind of show you something and the art has to be, it's like, it is, it is doing that questioning about art while also making like an artwork, which I think is like, well, that's, that's a, I feel like that's, that's the only way to talk about art. Like having yeah. long conversations with people about whether something is art or not. It's always just like, I mean, everything's art. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> what, what's your definition of art? Right, exactly. And like, I, I think like one of the cool things about that stuff is it, is it provides its own definition in a certain way where it's like, okay, like I'm going to define my terms. My terms are like, I care about this, this thing, this X thing. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I don't know. Like, I think, I think that's, uh, that's cool that you're working with them. I, that's like, that's a real, that's a real good, uh, collaboration that I'm happy to hear about. Um, yeah, I mean, his stuff, his stuff rules. Like I, anybody just go to, go to harmony zone. <laughs> I'm looking it up to remember if it's great. Just put harmony zone into, into anything and look it up. Just look scream, at his, scream it into your phone. Look at his it, itchio page. Play all of his games. <laughs> and I, I will say do that for all the people we just mentioned. I would say for... for yeah, I was just looking at the media medium article about Pedro Paiva. I don't know if I heard that episode. Oh, um, he's, his, he's a... His super... stuff looks fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, his it's itch, a, his oh he's on really Zeal. Good. Perfect. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a Zeal article about him. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 
He, uh, yeah, there's Moonlit, but that's not really, where's his, does he, does he still have a, oh, yeah, Manos plate. okay, so Pedro's, uh, page is, um, yeah, Man, M-E-N-O-S, playstation.itch.io, <laughs> nice. um, and, and yeah, like, I would say my favorite one that I've played by him, I mean, there's, like, he does a lot of them, and they're based off of, um, a lot of them are based off of the um, like the kind of uh, aesthetic of, of Brazilian um, pirated games, which are, are you know we're, we're very we're far more common in uh, in Brazil because of the way that uh, you know uh, shipping worked. Um, but I really like SS Games Violentos Probidio. Um, you which, mean shipping in like the fandom sense, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Pedro does not ship any of his characters. No, no, no. I know, I know you're joking. But there's a, there's a great. uh, It's just, it's, it's all good stuff. It's very violent, but super interesting. It's, it's worth your time. And of course, Jack has a has a a Kickstarter, and I I believe it's done now. But we've talked about it many times in the show, and you should all play that. And uh, and of course, there's there's so many games that Jack has done that I'm sure you you know about as well. So check all those people out. and check check Deegan out, and that's the end of the show. <laughs> See you next week, folks. You should buy you should buy Deegan's work too. But the um, the reason I had you on was mainly just to talk to you. But the reason we decided, well, yeah, we decided to start recording because we were talking about automation. But then we talked about something else for like forty five minutes. So. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good choice by us. Um, <laughs> it was a good choice not to record while we did that. I think. Um, <laughs> No, so we were going to talk about automation. I think there's like an interesting through line here with what we were talking about uh, in terms of like these artists and like sort of what they do as artists. Like I think um, particularly in terms of like, um, you know, intention and like and 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 sitting out to do something. I had a buddy ask me. um, My my friend Death of Speedy on Twitter, uh, who I, I of course. Followed instantly back in the day because of the Love and Rockets reference, which is something that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, but uh, Speedy asked if um, if games were like you know if games were using AI basically to write all of the the dialogue, and I said you know like some people a lot of games will use it, and if I'm wrong, people should tell me. But like too much to the best of my understanding, a lot of games will use AI to sort of flesh out background things like uh, newspapers in the background or whatever oh um, yeah i mean like as far as like procedurally generating film ai as we things. understand ai yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. but, but like I, and I then also like i know it's meant to serve as a shortcut for coding but like i think what what's interesting is we sort of realized like or I, I said like you know it's not it's not really there to write a plot like you can't if you're writing a story the technology isn't there and oh dude to i got that I got a million thoughts on this because what this made me think of, and I probably even talked about it on this podcast before mm-hmm. was, was years ago when, <laughs> do you remember that video game? No man's sky came out yeah. and it had this sort of impossible hype. It was trying to live up to where it was like, you're going to be in a fully formed universe where you can basically travel infinitely and go to infinitely new planets with infinite amount of new animals and stuff yeah and resources and stuff and then and it course, all worked <laughs> and then everybody loved it the best game forever but no of course it can never live up to that but like when that happened and people got really mad about 
believing that hype and then it not delivering. I saw like screen caps from Reddit and people were dunking on this bizarre shit people were saying on Reddit. But there was this essay that somebody wrote and people were agreeing with it on Reddit that was like, the problem with <laughs> this game is it requires like human human mind too much like once once the machines are strong enough and they can basically generate everything you won't have to worry about artists designing planets and stuff and it will just be perfect and the game like they're basically praying for like an infinite machine web 3 yeah. VR thing that they could live in and i was just like me too would man. that be fun like <laughs> No, like they're basically they were like kind of being like, well, one day they'll have the technology to build the Matrix and we'll get inside, you know, kind of thing. And yeah. it's just like, that's so alienating and weird. And then, you know, when was that? Was it like seven, eight years ago? No Man's Sky? I don't yeah, remember. the first release was quite a while ago. I and, you know, yeah. now they're not going to have that still, but. That's kind of been a weird promise that uh, <laughs> that people are at least pushing towards just being like, imagine infinitely procedurally generated adventures forever. And it's just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, like part of that is because if you ask, like, if uh, if AI is writing the story, right, like, I think part of what you have to ask is, like, what what do we count as a story? Like, do we, is, is like, is a succession of words that like make up a logical progression. Can that ever count as a story or does it actually have to have some sort of like animated thing behind it? It's just like the Walter Benjamin argument. It's not like ultimately that new, but it's it's still kind of un. I, I just think at the basic premise of what we're calling AI, first of all, is obviously wrong. They're just talking about like they're just machi- it's just machine learning, <laughs> but, but also they're just language models or, or things that are just basically stealing people's labor unpaid and just combining and recombining through like <laughs> if then statements. Yeah. Then, yeah. Digga, but, that's the but, future. But of course it, it, it gets sold to us by being like, you love the robot is painting a painting or like <laughs> I'm talking to it. Dude, that fucking, what the hell is that guy's name? Kevin Ruse. I don't know. He, he had a, he was a crazy early on like evangelist for NFTs and shit. It works for the New York Times. It really so, works too. NFT is definitely the the most successful thing. Well, the same the same guy who did the like, are NFTs making art actually worth something spiritually? Kind of shit for the New York Times is the same guy. A few years cool. later, was like, the chat bot is in love with me. I'm afraid, you know, like oh that guy who said that he wanted, wanted him to leave his wife for it. But it's funny because the chat bot is not actually talking. Yeah, it's recombining a bunch of things that it's seen before words and it has a complicated enough language system that it can see a pattern in them and respond. Right. Those responses being wildly inappropriate or not are, are really funny and interesting because of the language system that exists there. But to mistake that for thinking or for talking is insane well this is like i mean this is what ulipo was was kind of interested in too it's like okay like if i if i set out a series of rules to make poetry but they were coming from the opposite angle because they were setting up a series of rules to do something themselves they weren't setting up a series of rules and then passively saying the rules are making art by themselves (laughs) right exactly yeah they're actually ulipo is interesting because it's actually asking the question which is like it's an unpopular opinion but this is also 
why I think um, conceptual art is often interesting is that like, it's at least asking the question. It's, it's often uninteresting. Like I think I, I, I guess, but like the weirdest thing about conceptual art to me, and this is so broad that it might not mean anything, but specifically since like the 1970s, it's like, uh-huh. it's more of the question itself is so limiting and is more about a relationship between text than actually having an aesthetic experience that could go off in any I mean, you're not wrong. Direction. Like, they're interesting. I think like mainly the times I've found conceptual art to be interesting or conceptual poetry to be interesting is when I myself am asking questions about yeah. conceptual oh, poetry. Absolutely. Cause you're engaged. The but poetry itself about, is often not particularly good. I'm just talking about like, if you go into a gallery and there's like a Bruce uh, Nauman piece where there's a chair hung upside down and it's like, then the, the thing on the wall is like 8,000 words long. And it's like, when you see a chair, what do you think? Bruce <laughs> Nauman just inverted it. And you're like, Okay, this is a boring word game. Like the right. actual experiences I'm seeing a chair. He didn't even build that chair. <laughs> yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta like I don't know. Like I feel like I feel like you need to I feel like on some level you need to like actually have like a serious question behind your work in order for it to be interesting. Like you can't just be like, if I turn a chair upside down, is it not a chair anymore? Because we've sort of like that's been solved since Plato. Um, well, I know, but you could go see a retrospective of Bruce Nauman, and they'll tell you about how he changed art by doing that. I will never see a retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> I've been alive long enough that there two have come and gone in how, my life. How dare you? <laughs> but, uh, but, but no, but no, I'm like, just saying. I, I I think when you set out to make something, the question you have anyway changes. It's like anything. It's like being alive. It's like half the reason any of us do anything that are things not required of us, but things we're trying to do is to find out by ourselves why we're even doing it to begin with. Sure. I mean, some of those things start with a hunch of what you think you'll find, but if it's an open exploration, what you were even looking for changes in the act of doing it. So like, no, you're totally right. And I think like, you know, part of that, part of the questions we ask about art and part of the questions we ask about, like why we're doing the things we're doing or like experimental work or whatever ends up being like it ends up being questions about why we are like what what any of like this means in terms of like you know our brief candle or whatever right like as long as i'm alive like what why am i doing this stuff and i think like you know if you can if you can winnow down art into that it often is quite interesting um I, I also think that there's no chance that AI can do that because the question of like, you know, well, I, death and life and production is, is, is quantifiably different. It's just funny because like, I already went through a cycle where AI possibly doing something, a hype cycle where AI was going to do something and it didn't. <laughs> yeah. And no, you're cannot. totally right. No, yeah. But, and we keep, but, I, I guess, like, we keep I, this is what this, we were yeah. talking about when I was like, let's start podcasting. But then we started talking for 45 minutes. Like, what to tell the audience what I'm talking about, about, I don't know, more than 10 years ago, there was, there was like a thing where people were like, oh, well, language models are pretty good. So auto translate is pretty good. It's good enough. At first, they were saying auto-translate is going to actually replace translators. So mach- machine translator. Tra- and, you know, the problems with machine translation, especially between languages that don't even share uh, an ancestor, is to actually build a semantic analyzer 
into a machine that can read context in a sentence and choose the right meaning of what a word might mean that is totally contextual dependent. Actual living human beings make that mistake all of the time in conversation in their own language. You know, misunderstandings and arguments will happen because something that someone said could be taken four ways and you're both speaking the same language. The idea that, that, that from one language to a next, that translation will be done flawlessly by a machine. It's getting better with like, sort of like whatever the uh, deep learning AI can fill it with so many possibilities that it can choose a good one, but there will always be problems like that. You know, just to be less abstract, like the word plant in English can mean a factory. It can mean a living like vegetable being, it can mean a person put in an audience, you know, like right. it can mean to put something into the earth. That that word has so many different meanings that are so different and make no sense. And, and in fact, are, are not always, same. always discernible via context. Yeah. Like you can't all. always decide like, OK, do I mean plant as in planted in the ground or plant a plant that is planted in the ground? Yeah. Like though, just as like an example. Or yeah. like going to work down at the plant or mm-hmm. like yeah. any, anything like that. So like in about 2009, 2010, they started saying we're going to be able to, with machine learning, build a semantic analyzer that will not have that problem anymore which is impossible yeah but in the meantime what actually happened was a lot of times if you were a freelance translator people would be like well we actually auto translated this already and it's a pretty good translation you just have to fix it you just have to clean up the mistakes and you're like first of all your translation will be unusable you're just trying to hire me at a fraction of the rate that would be me working from the original and like, there are times when you would end up just doing that work because that was the work you could find. Sure. But it didn't, the machinery didn't actually do anything. The process didn't do anything except for leverage over labor. And I believe that is why all of these giant companies are investing in AI right now, not because the AI will actually do anything as much as it is a sort of premise to have leverage over people <laughs> yeah no I, I agree yeah and so like, like yeah and it's it, just it funny because like if you see a tweet in a foreign language on twitter and you hit the auto translate like odds are it will give you nonsense sometimes i like to just hit i read japanese sometimes i just like to hit the hit the auto translate to see what bing thinks it says and it spits out <laughs> nonsense unreadable nonsense like Sometimes what it says is the exact opposite of what the tweet says, just because it fucked up on a possible tense. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so like, so half of this talk, this sort of brave new world of the machine is thinking and the machine is learning, and the machine is making art, like the machines that are making the, you know, like big titty anime girls with six fingers. So hot, by the way. Funny, yeah, and some of the hottest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, but <laughs> and I'm just saying that as a finger fetishist. Well, like, we know you, yeah. But like, yeah, that kind of thing is funny, and to be able to say like, uh, Family Guy smoking weed in the style of blah blah blah, like 
Sure, that's interesting as far as like parlor trick shit. And just as a side note, when they're like in the style of and they're like, hey, what if David Cronenberg made a 1970s sci-fi movie and they do it? And you're like, that doesn't look like David Cronenberg. Like, the <laughs> also, David Cronenberg's know. made more interesting movies that almost fit the, uh, the prompt yes. that you want. So it's just kind of like a hypothetical Star Wars made by David Cronenberg. This image does looks funny and interesting, but it doesn't even look like David Cronenberg. So you, the fan of this thing who's making me see this, doesn't even really know what David Cronenberg is. Like. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the it's the idea of the replication of the replication of the replication, like where you're sort of like you're saying you like something, but it is, in fact, like, you know, three three steps uh, apart from what it actually is. And, and you may like the new thing better. Like, it's not it's not a or, crime but, to but, like but, AI David Cronenberg, but it's also it is a crime to say, like, this is more Cronenberg than Cronenberg. Well, yeah. And it's also funny, though, that like the sort of like this is like Cronenberg is probably the sanded down idea of an idea of Cronenberg. So in a way, they're doing the same thing as the machine. They're doing a. Mm -hmm. uh, they're doing like a thing where they're basically adding everything and dividing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get yeah. a sort of like nothing. But but so my larger point then is is the art that those things are spitting out. I don't think we're going to see anything worthwhile that will be fully made by the machine from 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 the basic planning and design of it. If you're telling me that there's a thing that for lighting effects or fractals or shadows, they use AI to map it. Yeah, they've been doing that in movies for a while. That all makes sense. But the idea that you would say to a machine, like, give me an adventure story or draw me a comic like blah, blah, blah. The sad thing is that probably there'll be someone who hires an artist and is like, hey, we already had an AI mock it up, but you have to clean it up. And by cleaning it up, they're actually really just doing all the work and yeah and they get less. no credit and yes. yeah you're right exactly yeah and i think like <clears throat> i you know i think it was what what's interesting about that all is like you know the idea that you know ai exists to discipline labor is not anything particularly new but it's also I mean, it's something what the that luddites were basically saying except the formulation is 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 a, a so-called thinking machine and not a working machine you know? right i think like the 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 interesting thing about it though is that like what We've, we've sort of been conditioned at this point to to fear AI. Um, you know, th there's that great. It's it's a it's a funny tweet. Um, and I, I have nothing against the tweet. Uh, but the the one that's like, um, you know, science fiction, uh, science fiction book, like don't make the 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 torment nexus. Yeah. And then like we've, we've accomplished the goal of the of the of the famous sci fi booking and, and created the torment nexus. Um, yeah, I wonder about that, though. I wonder about that specifically, how much the sort of tech shitheads and, and venture capital people don't really seem, A, to have an imagination, B, to understand dystopia not as a thing anyone wants. Well, yeah, and I think like <laughs> those, I think, those two things happening over and over again are very strange. I do think that that like the, so there was a, a report that came out today that like the, the guy who made like chat GPT or something is like, I'm, I'm hoarding weapons for when the AI takes over. And like no. anyone, anyone who was smart was like, Oh yeah. Like, okay. He's saying this cause he wants everyone to think his stupid thing is like way smarter than it is. I have, I have like three different conflicting opinions about that. And I don't know if I'm being totally crazy leftist brain about Sweet. it, but Go like hit me that, well, first <laughs> of all, those assholes who are like, 
we are so good at science. We're going to build a science that's going to be so scary. It's going to kill us all. It's just like <laughs> vainglorious idiocy in which they get to put themselves at the center of the conversation. Yeah, they get to be God. Yeah, 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 they get to be God or the masters of humanity. That's part of it. But I think people like that guy whose name I don't remember hey, and Musk and whatnot. Don't worry. Yeah, we don't need to remember it. They, they all they all just have the uh, they just have the minds, imaginations, souls and hearts of like fucking slave owners. Yeah. Like the idea that they were like, we're going to make a machine and we're going to treat it like the human slaves that we also treat poorly, who one day might raise up and kill us. Like they have this colonialist mindset where. The world and creation and technology and anything is based on domination and control, which people who act in domination and control have the double bind of having to be in abject fear the whole time. A, because they know that they <laughs> okay, get what okay, they, Hegel. Well, they, <laughs> they know what they get and how they get it in such unhuman ways. You know, you were, you've been asking me to do a podcast with you about Hegel and talking about <laughs> Hegel, and you you just you just nailed the master slave dialectic. Well, like. But the master slaves dial, dialectic actually has a yeah, and the no, master slave yeah. dialectic the the master will not change or make anything about the world because their basis is in keeping things as they are now, where they are on top in a in a right. p- power structure of domination. But That's the power why, structure of domination is needs to be disciplined again and again because yes. you could you could very well end up with people saying like, "Hey, this this emperor has no clothes on." Yeah, let's kill him. Yeah, right. <laughs> so so that's that's how they think about technology, and that's how they think about the future, and that's why they think about machinery in terms of like a slave that you beat down and live in fear of rising up and killing you if there's any justice. Right. So like. Them bringing all of that—that's why they bring their fantasies about AI to that. That's <laughs> that's the, a good point. I mean, you know, the, I don't think you're being big brain leftist about it. I think it. I think it is like, you know, it, it, here I'll just be I'll be big brain artist about it. I think the other thing that that um that the um that the uh the people who uh, make these things make like Chat GPT or whatever want is to be uh they want desperately to be able to be the artist they want to be the one who like you know has the sort of like uh visionary quality that isn't science but it's in fact the other end of things uh they want to have both and so like by creating by creating something like that does art too you get to be both you get to be sort of like saint saint elon who does all but the weird thing about that is for them to be above art, they also have to devalue and discredit it. Like, sure, yeah. It's it's so funny that like a little one like of the, art. <laughs> one of the sad, weird things about about AI art being like the computer made this perfect big titty anime girl, and then it would be quote tweeted, and there'd be like art cells are fuming, your days are over, artists, and the sort of like vindictive anger at artists, like <laughs> you've been replaced. And it reminded me of like, I tweeted this, but I'll say it here again. It reminded me of like this really fucking sad, like image cap I saw on Tumblr, like maybe like 13, 14 years ago, (laughs) where like they had just, I don't know, it was probably like a screen cap from like 4chan or something. They had just made like supposedly this new form of really realistic sex doll. Oh, yeah, sure. And the sex doll just looked like a human corpse. It looked like a dead woman. 
But all of the incels were just like, game over, feminists. You fucked around and found out nobody needs you anymore. And it was like, <laughs> you're saying that because you have what looks like a human corpse <laughs> that you're going to buy and fuck? Like, I don't think you won against feminism in the way you think you did. <laughs> I see people doing that with, with AI art and AI writing, like, game's over, creatives. You thought you were so high and mighty. And it's like... All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> if this is what you want. Yeah, I think the other thing, the other thing about it is like the 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 emphasis that in fact like this is going to remake reality or or change things so that like we don't know what's real anymore and that like you know even even outside of the and I I agree with this, uh, but I think it's it's kind of become like an arch uh like almost like I went to grad school kind of thing to say to be like <laughs> To be like, oh, reality, what's that? And it's like, yeah, okay, I agree. <laughs> reality isn't real. But we that that does not have to be the argument we do here. We don't have to do oh, that. Oh, God, I hate that. I hate that. Because that's the same thing when you're like, check out this crazy injustice that's happening. This makes me sad and angry. We should do something about it. And people are like, welcome to capitalism, asshole. You're noticing <laughs> for the first time. You're like, no, I'm just noticing it, how it happens every day. Yeah. Thank like, you. It's this particular one that bothers me. But, um, but yeah, I... But like, I just, so what I was gonna say was like, they so like I was I was we were talking about this before like they uh, the the Patriot Oasis uh, pointed out this thing that Jack Posobiec pointed uh, put out today, where uh, it's like a it's a deep fake of Biden saying he's uh, he's starting up the draft again, um, and uh, it, it's extremely unbelievable. It's really stupid. Um, like it, it as you're watching it, you're like, is this a deep fake? He doesn't look like a human. Um, he doesn't sound like Joe Biden. What's going on here? And it's 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 so funny to to see that and be like, oh, geez, this is what's going to screw us in the future. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think weirdly like stilted, awkward, horrible, like um, approximations of politicians is going to like really screw us up too bad. It's funny because I'm of several minds about that. I feel like 10 years ago, I'd be like, no, it won't. But also just like knowing the shit that people tell me that oh, their sure. aunts and uncles are sharing on Facebook. It's like, oh, God, man, come on. Well, But I mean, that's the, the deep fakes aren't going to help or hurt. That. I, 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 mean, I, I know we're yeah. already there. It's we're, just yeah, funny. we're way already there. Yeah. But also think about it that like, you know, basically like. I don't know the fact that like. The fact that like Don Quixote is kind of even if jokingly being like, yo, you read too many novels, man. You won't know what reality is anymore. <laughs> like they were talking about that shit centuries ago. Yeah, of course. And I <laughs> Anytime like there's like a new thing, it's just like, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like as far as we are definitely in a time where no, all basically official legacy sources of information with any authority have proven themselves totally untrustable. For oh, that's all of for my sure life. true. And yeah, I yeah, worry yeah. about that more than deep fakes making it so people are just like, we're just like, hey man, this virus can kill you. And they're like, fuck you, I don't believe you. I'm just being well, like, yeah, well, yeah, I think that's I mean that's a really good point because like the 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 ultimate the ultimate thing here is like you you end up with uh the 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 much more attractive fear that ai is going to get to get us and we're we're not going to be able to believe anything cuz computers are going to be super fake and it's going to be like james bond where like he's wearing a fake out mask and you never know <laughs> um where whereas in reality it's like yeah we we've just like we've completely um devalued the idea of telling the truth and like believing people that like now we're just 
we hate we hate all all facts and everything that's true or not true. And we just we we will never believe anything again. Well, that was one of the things about being, you know, in the 2010s, late tw- later half of the 2010s, just like having to hear the libs just be like, it's like we're living in a post-truth reality, especially ones who are in legacy media. I love like, those guys. Like, that was so where, funny. How do you think we got here? Yeah, you like, know, it was just like, it was like someone standing at the scene of cr- the crime with a gun. It's kind of like, yeah, man. <laughs> it is funny because like there was a there was a thing where someone had posted the the clip of, I guess, Norm MacDonald going on The View and um, he just kept mentioning the uh, the the Bill Clinton murder of, um, I can't remember the guy's name. Vince something, uh, was the oh, Vince Foster. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I was thinking of Vince Staples and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> no, he's no, okay. <laughs> Bill Clinton didn't get Vince Staples. Vince Staples has information that will lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. Oh, and no. Then. oh no. Um, but like, uh, yeah, like the Vince and like, that was always Norm's joke on, on weekend update and all. And he went on the view and was just like, He's like, I don't know. I just need someone in the White House who's not a murderer. And like, and uh, Barbara Walters got really mad at him. And and you know, it's like I was like, oh, that's funny. And then I looked, and it was like some conservative guy who was like, look, this guy was telling the truth. And I was like, oh god, like anything that I I think is like interesting or or like funny or it, it's just all used to do this kind of thing now. <laughs> like it's yeah, all over. I mean. <sighs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, this is too depressing. What I was just going to say is too d- depressing. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Jumping, yeah. <laughs> jumping back one topic, that thing about being like, we have the machines now and we've conquered art. Yeah. Thing is so weird because like, I haven't gotten a, a, a straight answer from anybody as to why NFTs are so ugly. Like, like mostly all of the NFTs that are very expensive are like hard to look at. Oh, they're on disgusting. Purpose. They're terrible. And it's like, was that a kind of like democratized Jeff Koons thing of just like this expensive thing is fucking stupid. I'm actually better than it. I'm better than art by spending all this money on this stupid thing. Like, I can't tell if they were thinking that that hard or if it's just people with really shitty taste. But like. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> I've never got an answer for it. So yeah, right, I, right in, right into Trevor about this. I feel like the, the the reason I think it's bad, I'll give you my reason. The reason I think it, it sucks is because um, it's meant to be scalable and like basically a little, a little, um, you know, basically like a little um, uh, 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 factory line where like I can, I can put out my dumb garbage stuff Um and like, and just, I can, I can make it, I can put a, uh, I can put a little hat on it. I can put a little like, oh, no, yeah, on I, mean, I, like, get, I get the modular parts of it, but it's like, but modular stuff is always ugly. Like that's the thing. Not, like that, it doesn't have to be. I mean, uh, well, it's modular stuff where you can note the modularity. That's yeah. the problem. Like it, it's not like, it's not like modular in the sense of, so like, for instance, um, <clears throat> Ikea stuff is modular. It's, it's not appealing all the time it's not what i would always want to see yeah, i don't know if not, i would call it ugly but 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 ikea doesn't call it shit like the newest the the finally they've made a video game 
for the board eight people two that. years later. And it's called like I can't even remember. It's called like Dookie Command, and it takes place in a toilet. Oh, did you wait? No, no, no. Did you see that? Someone played that game and lost all their NFTs. Yes, of course. <laughs> because because the whole the whole world, that whole world is fraud. But like yeah. just the fact that you're being like, hey, I spent upwards of thirty thousand dollars on an ugly ape. First of all, it's not worth a fraction of that anymore. But one of the things it's got me is the ability to play this game where I play in shit in a toilet. Also, my ape is fucking ugly. I'm going to go play like Dookie Command. It's it's so weird. The IKEA furniture is modular, but it's not called like shithole. You don't buy yeah, that. No, no, exactly right. And like I think like one of the things about about the IKEA stuff for me is like you're using it and like if someone's like oh yeah i i got that table the worst thing you're going to say about it is like oh yeah it kind of sucks uh but it it does the job it costs like 30 dollars whereas yeah, which is with the, the opposite with, of the apes the right apes exactly are like with the board this apes, thing sucks like, but i drop 20 grand on it right? right and because you drop 20 grand on it you have to be like oh yeah but like it's not just any ape it has the gas mask and the zombie and oh, like yeah. you notice it and it's garish, right? Like it's 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 so obvious. It's taking from like nineties comic book wisdom where it's like we have to make more prismatic covers because <laughs> if people have a prismatic cover, they can tell people it's expensive. And so in this case, you're like, I got this ape, it has a it has a big doofy hat on it, and that doofy hat cost me two million dollars. Um, and I think that's like that's that's the modularity. I think you have to have like garish, awful looking modular stuff to make anyone want your stuff. Because they have to be able to show their friends, like, I got this part of it. I, I I agree with you, but still, even the ones that aren't aren't the bored apes or the like the ones where there's a little piece that's different with the modular thing and it's just a series of modular random things, even the ones that are just single works of art all have a sort of like willful ugliness that I still can't wrap my Well that's reasonable, yeah. I mind is, around where what it would where be do they start than from? like <laughs> It's kind of like I don't believe in art because uh, <laughs> because I paid all this money for this stupid shit and I'm better than this, right? You know, like, right, right, exactly. Uh, uh, well, so so <laughs> one of the one of the things that you mentioned uh, when we were when we were chatting uh, before was about the 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 translation bot and how it did not actually like take over your job. And I think like translations are really compelling example of like what AI can't do from like a, uh, uh, an in, like an intention and a, a sort of like artistic perspective, because of course, like translation requires intention uh, from the start, which is why it's so difficult. Um, you have to be able to guess the I intention mean, it, of the it's other. Also, it's also all that. not, there are correct. We've talked about this before. There are correct and incorrect translations as far as fact, but so much about what communication is, is not literally factual logistics that you're getting it's not like translating two apples as three apples is a mistake but like choosing what kind of accent a character has is it's like i'll give you i'll give you an example like when my daughter rides uh roller coasters she says in a good way because she likes roller coasters she says that was horrifying and what she (laughs) means is she really liked it but she's using a word that like only barely works there because she has a she has a, a good vocabulary and she likes to use like words that she she knows but horrifying is not the word she wants like she she means it's scary but she's but, like, right <laughs> she's right it's scary but like horrifying has a negative connotation so it's like well okay like did she mean to say horrifying there and it's like well okay there's a lot to think about 
Uh, yeah, it, but does it also, actually con- also- does it actually convey what what you want there? Maybe, maybe not. Does it convey what she wants there? Yes. There's also semantic drift where your daughter could absolutely grow up and and be so influential that her calling things horrifying meaning good means that next century horrifying will mean good. Yeah, exactly right. And so, like, you know. yeah, you're you're sort of like you're stuck by. You know, one of the things that AI necessarily does, and and you know, it, it becomes with that example, it becomes like instantly clear why this is bad for art. Um, is like one of the things AI does has to do right, or machine learning. Let's just say, let's just call it how it is. But like like machine learning has to do is it has to pick the best option out of a series of options. Um, like I had a buddy who, or I have a buddy who was um, making. Uh, trying to like make machine learning and like, you know, basically training machine learning things in college. And and one of the things he was training it to do was to recognize like items. So like, okay, we're going to feed you a series, like a whole, you know, group of images and see if you can recognize like what a toilet is or whatever. Right. Oh, that, and that's, this has always been a problem for machines. That's and, yeah. the reason why those captures make you say what a motorcycle is They're like awful like like and he would be, he would he would always send me the ones that like didn't work he'd be like hey look it thinks this thing's a cup and it'd be like a bathtub and it's like <laughs> yeah the machine doesn't know that's not a bathtub because the machine says like it has an open top and like there's water in it and so the machine has made a series of choices and the choices are wrong but the machine doesn't know that it's like it says like these are rationally to me the machine based on my programming um or program programmatically, not rationally to me, the machine based on what people have put into me, like, you know, and fed me, these are the things that have to show up. They are, they are the, you know, these are the choices I would make. And not only are you going to get that wrong most of the time that like that way of thinking about art where you say like, okay, I've, I've, you know, I've looked at all the things I need to do. And if someone's telling me to draw a beautiful woman, I got to make her like big titted and small waisted. Um, like that's just like, that's, that's first off it's bad, right? Like well, just from I like, mean, an, it, but it's not, it also isn't going to like, it doesn't, it doesn't fool anyone into thinking it's art. It's, it's, it's funny because ugh, God, one of the weirdest things about culturally being alive right now is how we're in a time of just like totally closed horizon. There's like, mm-hmm. No idea of the future, no idea of anything ever being different again. And in fact, anything in like consumer top-down society you're getting is more about like a corporation owning something and having a nice little adventure and owning something and repackaging to you. And like, as far as like sort of like socially progressive thing, maybe Scooby-Doo will have different races in it this time. (laughs) You might not like Scooby Doo, but you know whatever. Now it's you like, have to it's watch like, it. <laughs> it's almost like centrist politics, where it's like, yeah, everything still sucks, but maybe it will be slightly more diverse. What's well, that comic? Something. And I, I, you know, because it became a meme, uh, people have forgotten who drew it. Uh, but that one where it's like, oh, how how wonderful! They say the next bombs will be sent <clears throat> by a woman. Oh, right. I don't even. I didn't even know that oh, was a comic. A, it's a good one. Uh, let me see if I can find it because maybe I can find the artist too and actually say. Um, but, but, but so, so the, the point that I'm making there is like, then the idea of what anything is, is just recombination of existing things. Yeah. And usually half the time we talk about that now is based on corporate ownership of different things. (laughs) Like they made a space jam sequel that takes place inside a server inside Warner brothers in which they go through adventures of 
Warner intellectual properties, <laughs> which, you know, they it's sure not do. even like, it's not even like a, <laughs> like a, like a, a thing where it's like, Hey folks, all your friends are here as much as just like, yeah, we own all these things. It's <laughs> you know? like, and it's just, it's just funny because like, then it makes sense. Like, there was a weird thing that happened with all of those stupid like bored apes or lazy lions or whatever NFT things that I couldn't understand at first where they were like, yeah, first we're going to make the NFT and it will be worth so much that a movie and a TV show and a video game will come from it <laughs> right. because it's inherently worth so much. Yeah. It, it, yeah. The value. And it's like, come that's from never it how anything's ever worked. It's not like. Listen here, boys. Bugs Bunny is going to be worth $80,000. Then we make the cartoon. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, like, and, and the worth of it, like the, the idea that like the, 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 the really, excuse me, big brained like um, approach of this, where you're just like, I made an investment. My investment went big, right? Like, oh, this is worth a million dollars now. Maybe it's not because you can't get anyone to buy it. And you know that as the investor, but you've also gone insane. So you're just like, this is, this is worth a million dollars. Um, and since it's worth a million dollars, it's important culturally. So we have to well, make well, cartoons that, so, out of it. So I think that kind of logic would only make sense to people in a, in a world of just reboots and shit and just being like, the most interesting thing about this Marvel movie is finally they have the rights to Spider-Man again or something. And you're yeah, like, no, exactly. You're and like, like, it is it is one of those things where, um, you know, I, I, I actually cited, cited this in the last episode, but like, you know, one of the things that... Um, uh, uh, Sean McTiernan's old podcasts have taught, have like made me think about um, not the one you did with him. This, this did not come up, but uh, the, the podcasts uh, on film and stuff, like the, the idea, like his, his distaste for Blumhouse and like Blumhouse is so, is so, you know, beloved um, by, by horror fans. And then you look at it and you're like, I kind of get why he doesn't like it though. Cause it is, it's like, okay, add trauma, add quirkiness, now you have a new franchise and like but, there, there's but something, mean, there's something, there's something even like about an emotional reboot, right? Like there's something, there's something almost like effectively like frustrating about, okay, like I can't even get away from the idea of having my expectations thrown back at me just with a bow on them in like but, yeah, different media. But I, it just feels like we've been, you know, there are formulas in things. There are people who believe that all art is made from certain formulas. Formulas are pushed around forever. The thing is those formulas constantly change. Something new comes out and people are like, this is the new formula now. And it's like, fine, that always happens. And half the time when you argue with people for novelty and art, you're seen as like naive or something. Cause all stories have been told. There's oh yeah. There's three stories. Uh, Deegan, have you but, heard about this? But I can't help, but see all of that shit being part and parcel with kind of like our closed political horizon is the same as like our closed artistic horizon. Sure, like, absolutely. Like you're, nothing's going to change. You might get a new John wick, <laughs> but otherwise shut the fuck up. Oh, John wick's actually a woman now, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, kind of right, cool. Right, right. Who would have thought John wick is a woman, but you know, it's John wick. Shut up. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Are, like, are you enjoying your Jane wick movie? Like, yeah. yeah so I, that just freaks me out because at some point, like, there was a really good tweet. I can't remember who was it from. It was from it was Probably from a me. Uh, no, it was from an AI researcher in which he was like saying like, yeah, chatbots just recombining words 
is not speech. And also give yourself more credit. It's not your thought. Yeah. You are not a crossword puzzle. Give yourself more credit. And I was like, yeah, finally. Because like people were taking the real sophisticated take of like, what? Uh, something that pretends to be human by repeating words it heard before sounds like everybody. And it's like, that's a good tweet, I guess. But, uh. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it, it doesn't actually reflect reality. I mean, part of it. Part, oh, so by the way, the, the artist that drew that comic is Sam Wallman. Um, he works for the Nib. Uh, and the uh, the the comic has a man in a red shirt saying they say the next ones will be sent by a woman and then a woman in a green um, uh, headscarf saying really makes you feel like you're part of history. And there are drones, uh, U.S. drones dropping bombs on. Them. See, I like that. But it's funny because that crosses over into right wingers using that. Oh, after yeah. For a while. And you're like, OK, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Like, it, I'm, I, I, I understand Sam drew that as a from a left wing perspective because of, you know, where his art is and you know, how that cartoon looks. He doesn't draw the, the people getting the bombs dropped on them. Like they look like monsters or weirdos. So like, clearly he sees them as humans and right wingers don't do that. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I totally hear you. I think the, <clears throat> what I want to say though, was like the, um, the, like there's something to be said about kind of having um, like a personal, a personal grump in your mind in a certain way, like, and, and not the grump in the way of like saying like these kids don't know like good media or whatever, but a grump in your mind to, to say like, okay, like, you know what? Like none of this is popular. Maybe none of it will ever be popular again. I still will try to like, you know, I should probably go read like Dostoevsky or I should probably go watch like a new animated show that like has a different style or I should probably go read like, Alex Deegan's comic book or whatever. Like it's just it's just funny though because it's like it's only post optimism now where like people have overcorrected. Like nobody wants to be like hear a band and be like kids these days this shit sucks and you're not even listening to the music you're just being a reactionary. Like nobody wants to do that. But everyone, sure. I mean, everyone did it with a hundred Gex. Like. Yeah, but those guys Six also sound ago. old to me. They sound like uh Well, that's, like, that's just, that was that's just of, happy hardcore. And also, I found out they're fucking my age. They're not really? even kids. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, because yeah, I, well, I was saying they're to, older than you, Trevor. <laughs> no one's older than you. Know, me. It's not optimism. This no is what the kids are me. listening to. Those are those are those are cynical old people. But like the so like, but like when that when like people were like, this is what people think is cool. Oh my god. Like I, I remember Mitch, I like I said I was like, isn't this just noise? Like, isn't this no, just it's, noise it's, rock? It's, it's like, and it, it's just glitchy happy hardcore. Yeah, guy, uh, uh, Piss friend of friend of all Piss was like was like Trevor, I'm so I'm so pleased that you that you were able to like this is exactly correct, very good work. And it's like <laughs> yeah, like I, you don't you don't have to have like old guy glasses on and be like, what's this crazy stuff? But like I I also think like. I don't know. There's a, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about in the last episode a little bit, but there's a, you know, the, the, the kind of catch you fall, you fall into is you can either become like, you know, truly I watch the hits and become like a Marvel evangelist or something and say like the box office never lies. Or you can like descend into being a list guy <laughs> being like, I'm going to look at all this stuff that, is on the top hundred movies and the top hundred games and the top hundred books. And I feel like there's something, there's, I mean, there's something wrong with that. There's that's nothing wrong with that. A, that's a, the second one, not the, not the corporate. I, love, I know you but, love Marvel. Yeah. Um, no, no, like uh, the funniest thing is I basically see all the new Marvel movies just because like, 
they're, they're kind of what a movie theater is for, and I can't. There yeah. aren't actually any like go see a movie spectacle theater really because cool. there's almost never any <clears throat> actual movies you can see in the movie theater now anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so no, like, that's true. I Me mean, and a good friend of mine just go and see the new Marvel movie because you know. Oh, it's always going to be fun if you're in a movie. It's theater. kind of fun. You just yeah. that we like smoke a cigarette outside, and if they're really bad, you just immediately forget them. Yeah. But like, but what I was going to say about the list stuff is not, not that like it's like a bad thing to 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 go out and try and improve your like your understanding of art or whatever based on like what smart people think. It's more that like what you're what you're doing is you're kind of approaching it and saying like, okay, now I have another checklist I can I can judge my quality on. Like I I can I can oh. I'll make the grade. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I feel like we talked about this a million times, but when things stop actually being about the art, other than just like parts of data for data sets that it's just an argument about a pantheon and a genealogy and a sort of itemized and ranked list after a while. It's like the art is besides the point you could, there are old men who talk about who the best boxer is. And there are guys who talk about like what literature is important. And it's just basically about personally building a little, a little Pokemon to go fight someone else's Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, exactly. And like, ultimately that's no more meaningful than, than I, so like to kind of take it full circle, it's a, like the reason people are fooled into thinking AI art is art qua art is because like what we view art as being for is to like define some version of argument for ourselves. Right. Like it's, a, it's the, yeah, basically yeah. like basically serve as some sort of, you know, module in the, in the realm of yelling at other people on the internet or yeah. And that as an identity, I guess, but that's funny because like, I felt like for years and it's probably died off. I don't hear it anymore, but there would be those people who were like, are video games art? And you'd be like, yeah, of course they are. And they'd be like, yeah, but are they? And it's like, well, what's your definition of art? Yeah. <laughs> and those exactly. people would never define a term of what art and what not art was. It was more about just a sort of like social position or or a level of respect or whatever. And well, I think yeah. once video video games started making tons of money, that conversation disappeared. Yeah, then they became art. Then people are like <laughs> people found the most recent, like highly produced game in like The Last of Us and was like, finally art. We, we did it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, <clears throat> I mean, this was like, I, I remember people would ask me like, oh, so are video games art? And it would be like, yes. And, and you know, they certainly could be. It's an artistic medium. Um, and they'd be like, okay, well, like our, our TikToks art. It's like, yeah, sure. Like anything, like it's, it, it, <laughs> I don't really care about them. Like the medium, it, it's either going to be an interesting medium or it's not. And like, it'll prove that over time. But like, the potential is there for all of these things to be art. Like, why not? I mean, I, I just using the definition of art as just being something that someone made. <laughs> it could be even be like a dance handicraft that's not recorded. It's like, I don't know why I'm joking about handicraft. Handicraft is obviously handicraft's fucking cool. Yeah, man. Handicraft I would, I would cool. chill with some handicrafters over TikTokers any day. <laughs> but like, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was such a weird thing because that like comics suffered from that weird inferiority thing and half oh, of it was like you know kind of handed down from weird superhero inferiority thing which you know like this i feel like part of superhero fandom of which like i'd never really read superhero comics i'm not mad at them i just didn't grow up with them other than the few that i did and liked i was never a completionist but like that that, that inferiority <laughs> complex transferred to the point where everything is now superheroes and those 
people still are like, people don't love these enough. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, wait, everything is a superhero movie now. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. But, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, so, video games. What have you been playing? Wait a minute. We didn't come to the end of our. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. <laughs> Um, no, I was going to say, I was going to say, I think like, um, I think the, uh, you know, like the, the, the ultimate sort of like conclusion of all this uh, to me, especially thinking about AI is, you know, it's, it, it ends up being a, it ends up just being like a way to judge ourselves against ourselves and, and art, art really like in a, in a sense of like what art can be and what it can accomplish and what, what it can like. I don't know, like what it can, what it can give to us. Like the, the idea of it just like ticking a box is so depressing. Like it's, it's so, and it's also, it's also so broad as to mean nothing. Like if you talked about what is art, you could also say what is conversation and so much of that. That's that's what they're interested. I mean, the, the, the question, what is art, especially with the chat bots and ends up being like, Ends oh, up being well, a question of like ends up being a question of like what is the capacity of art? Like what I would argue that they're not even interested in in sort of like the finished product so much as no, not it's, at all. it's it's like a rhetorical and premise based things within a power structure of who has ownership. Right. Can I create like, art even though I'm not, you know, quote unquote an artist? It's also just so funny that all of I saw one of those you know that like meme format where Homer backs up into a bush, yeah, and then comes up with a different disguise, yeah. So it was like when Sanders lost, Homer's wearing a Sanders T-shirt and he comes out he's like wearing a Biden T-shirt. No, well that one's even more depressing. Oh, the Trump, t- yeah. No, that one's even more depressing. This was him with a uh, black bandana over his face oh, holding a okay, Molotov cocktail, it, it, which yeah, is yeah. at least hopeful. But, like, I saw one of those where it was just, like, NFT guy, and he disappears into the bush, and he comes back, and it says AI guy. <laughs> like, yeah, no, exactly. It's it's As far as I'm concerned, it's the same thing. So, like, I don't even want to, like, I'm really interested in generative and procedurally made things, but, like... That's not what these people are interested in. No. And, like, it might be too reductive, but, like, their aim is the same thing as what they were doing with Web3 and NFTs, which they couldn't successfully sell to the public because nobody in their right mind would want it other than all of us who want money. Right. You know, like, <laughs> not me. I don't want money. Uh, so I'm just saying, like, if if you if you were like, hey, everything's a scam, and but this scam, maybe I can get in. Like, that's why you would get in on NFTs and Web three and being the first yes. mover to buy something. That's why you get into cryptocurrency. But like, I think what we're looking at right now in the most whatever reductive materialist way is like capitalism needs frontiers and needs new colonies. And they've decided that they can do one with the internet and fake things. So they tried that with selling like fake real estate and, <laughs> and uh, that didn't work and apes. And that didn't work because whatever. So instead of that, I, I feel like this is part of the same process. It's just, this is now again, landlordism of a process to discipline and control labor. So like, I would really love to talk about generative art and the future of art with technology where things can be generated. Like I was watching, uh, whatever we talked about Mon Ben before the, uh, Urasawa Naoki TV show where he talks to different 
artists who are drawing manga and it shows their process over a week as they're drawing a page or something. Yes. Did we talk about that? I think once? we did at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So I was watching one of those and one of the people he was talking to was a guy who does everything on a tablet and he actually has, he, I can't remember his name. He's a guy who did something called innocent, which is about like, uh, it's about like Louis the 16th or something, but they all are like visual K rockers. They look like really, you know, effeminate glam rockers. Sure. So he has to draw people with really grandiose and ornate wigs and frilly coats and shit. <laughs> okay. And he, he has, you know, uh, he has basically a visual library of wigs and shirts and stuff like that, that he copies and pastes and manipulates into the picture and then traces over. And like, his process watching it is is one that's so technological he doesn't ever commit anything to paper even once. Mm -hmm. And like that's interesting and that's actually it's a art process. Being, that's art being generated in the process. It's not it's not the process itself working without an operator, but so much of it has the the fact that whatever art program he's using it is is resizing this frilly coat to not have any artifacts or whatever when he resizes it like there's a lot of built-in smart processes that a machine is doing and there's actual generative properties to that when he's like well i'm just going to drop this sky background or whatever yeah and you see someone actually making something using automated process well there was a there was a, a thing that dropped actually today where it was like a rock paper scissors cartoon and i mean the one thing to say about it is it looked like too uncanny to be interesting but it, like it really kind of just freaked me out oh what the one where it was just rotoscoping yeah essentially just rotoscoping and see that was funny because that is only mind-blowing if you don't know a thing that has existed since 1919 right but like, <laughs> like they made this not... guy's face into the moon what, what am i looking at uh that rocket crashed right into it uh no like <laughs> we're like we're like caravaggio traced a camera obscura like 600 years ago it's like none of that is it that was just doing dynamic lighting of posting over something but that was just rotoscoping right like, no exactly and i think like, also it looks like shit well, yeah so that's that's <laughs> the one thing i hate how it looks i like despise how it looks but someone pointed out they were like actually you know like if you watch the making of this and all it's like it's kind of interesting like you know they they, they kind of go about it in an interesting way and like listening to them talk about it it's kind of interesting they were like, I just don't understand why they then said it was like the future of animation and tried to make it like a thing where all of a sudden it's like the world versus these like, you know, the world against these independent uh, animators who who are going to like, you know, change everything. And it's like, yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Like you could you could do a ton of these projects and they'd be really interesting. The reason they are not interesting is because it's like, yeah, like and now those assholes who made art are going to like miss out. Well, it's also funny because they're not actually interested in making a final product that means anything. No, not they're at showing all. A, they're showing up a process, and also the process looks like shit. Right, so, right. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, everything about it, it's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, exactly right. And, like, I guess the thing I would say is, like, it becomes inoffensive and, like, uninteresting, but inoffensive if it's just the process. It becomes offensive and, like, pointless if, you, if you're, like, yeah, the process means no more art. Like drawing cells or seething or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, I, and it just reminds me of of you know the fucking incels who are like, game over, women. <laughs> right. I have this plastic thing that looks like a dead body that is probably too expensive for me to even buy. But just as a premise, just your a, existence is ruined. It's just like, what do you what do you think? 
What do you think a woman is? What do you think love is? What do you, what do you think, think these women are after? Is? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck could you possibly be talking about? And I feel the same exact way when I see yeah. that shit. No, you're right. It's it's not our, it's it's something, they're talking about something radically different um, and radically less interesting. Again, it's about ownership. Yeah. <laughs> it's about no, ownership and right. it's ownership over processes that mean other people's labor will be something you Well, own. that's why they, that's why they had the whole thing where like they had to like, someone had to be like, Hey, I, I think I own this. And a court had to be like, yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta cite the, the person that you got all this art from and fed into the machine. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's one of the weirdest things about uh, that. Again, that invisibilizes labor and the chat programs, the bigger they get, the more human hands they will need on them to do all of the logistical back end of collating things into. That's why they're paying Kenyan people two dollars a day to uh, work the back end of chat GPT. Right. It's all mechanical Turk. It's like yeah. it's 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 all invisibilized labor. And you're like, ah, oh, machine did it. But I, I started to get really freaked out because I was thinking about that more and more these days that like 2016, that sort of like luxury space communism shit that became a meme for a lot of lefties. Yeah. Aaron Bastani and all. Oh, I don't even know who that. I, I oh, he was one of those luxury space communism guys. See, I mean, the idea of the point of technology to lessen the labor load of human beings is you know, a grand thing that we should all focus on, which is the opposite of what our world is built up to do. But I was just wondering if the sort of luxury space communism thought of the mid 2010s came from people believing the hype that all the invisibilized labor you were seeing in apps and whatnot were things that were actually labor that you just didn't see. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, no. The idea of automation then was like, oh, it'll be great. Everything's automated. And it's like, no, there's like people who have to... <laughs> Maintain the automated. Yeah, yeah. And if you make them so, more invisible, you have to pay them less. Yeah, and you have to go deeper and deeper to other places and treat people even worse and worse. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, that's cheery. Um, no, I mean, it's not... My, I think it is actually really heartening when they were like, hey, fuck you. Whether you want to or not, you're going to put on VR goggles and all of your work is going to be in the metaverse. Fuck you. This is the future. You can't escape it. This is inevitable. And like, no, it isn't. Yeah. It everyone wasn't. was just like, actually, that sounds horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to work in a metaverse office. Thank you very much. Um, and I mean, I got freaked out maybe in like the late 2000s, all of the just general places where I was getting news and like cultural comment, there was a big push that was like paper books will not exist anymore. Mm. Yeah, I remember being that. like, are you still reading paper books? Those might be a luxury item or an oddity for collectors, but the future is just tablets. And it was just like, it got to the point where it was almost like offensive. It was like, you're still reading books. Adorable. And I was like, actually believed the hype. I was like, God, I don't want to read a tablet. I love to hold a book. Are they really going to get rid of books? And of course they didn't. No, like, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's all of the things where it's just like, yeah, you know. We're we're gonna we're gonna revolutionize these things. So get rid of your comforts now. This is a brave new world. It's like it's I guess going back to something we said before, and then we can we can round out and 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 sort of do final thoughts and talk about games we're playing. I just want to hear what games you're playing. Yeah, no, I they're not that interesting <laughs> right now, I gotta tell you. But um You know, I went back and I, I was like, what was the last time I was on No Cartridge? And I think I found one that wasn't 
the last time I can't remember, but one of the last times I was on, I actually talked about Elden Ring for like two hours. Oh yeah. Like, oh my God. I actually had an episode where I talked about video games. Well, the DLC is coming out, Deegan. Are you excited? Oh God. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I opened YouTube earlier to listen to music and I saw a thing that was like Elden Ring DLC announced 25 minutes long. And I was like, let me just check the official Twitter. And all that was announced was a single image. Yeah. And that DLC is coming. And I was like, what could be in that fucking video for 25 minutes? It's just a dude freestyling desperately. Like, oh, uh, I wonder what's in it. What do you like? <laughs> I have a, I have a friend who super nice guy. Um, and I, I if he's listening, I do not mean anything against you when I say this. But uh, who came up with like. I would say maybe a 10 tweet thread about, about what the image means. And I was just like, for me, it's like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I dude, I saw, I went and then looked up to see if there was anything more than that one image. And I just found fan art and erotic fan art. Mm, of that image. Oh baby. People are assuming that that's St. Trina and or Michaela, who is an intersex character and drew them in a bikini. So based on that single image, people are getting horny. Like <laughs> that shit is so weird to see fan art of a single teaser. People got to get again, horny off something, man. Yeah, but even more than that, it's a horny off of a teaser advertisement. I remember once, I don't know, one of the uh, the new the new Star Wars teaser came out that was like thirty seconds long, and I saw somebody selling fan art of like a black stormtrooper because there's a black stormtrooper in the teaser image. And it was like real, you know, like real Senate kind of triumphalist. Like, and I was just thinking like, what if that character's evil? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're selling like, like feel good black liberation. Cause a stormtrooper takes off his helmet and he's black. Like you don't haven't seen the movie yet. We've seen 32 seconds of the movie. Like what if the movie is racist as fuck, man? Come it's on. not going to look good. It's, it's, it's the Klansman remake. Um, yeah. Which I guess is just the the tri not triumph of the will. Uh, what's the Klansman? Uh, that's that uh, shoot. No, that's a very famous movie that that's fuck, based on. Uh, D W Griffith. Yeah, uh, D W Griffith's most whatever. They movie. make everybody watch it, and then you're like, Birth of a Nation. I'm not even mad about this being racist. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. The, what is it called? What's Birth of a Nation? Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. Yeah. The, the best D W Griffith one is the. 15 minutes short where a guy dies in a grain elevator. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was just, gonna, that was real good. Just <laughs> joke about that. That's actually good. Yeah. That one, that one rocks. I, I, sorry, sorry to anyone this might offend, but uh, that's an unironically good DW grip. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I'm not playing anything super interesting. I, um, I've been, um, I've been, been playing a lot of different parts of uh, final fantasy 14 to uh, break my way away from, uh, what I often consider to be stultifying labor uh, in my day job. <laughs> um, nice. But I am starting um, uh, the final fantasy seven remake uh, because a, a friend has asked me to play that and I am, I'm excited for it. It looks pretty cool. Apparently play they do a the really Japanese good job. Voices, man. The English voices are fucking terrible. Well, yeah, I, I really only like this sounds ridiculous, but I really only play with the Japanese voices now. I think they're, me too. they're more interesting. The acting is usually better. I yeah. mean, even if you can't understand it, it, everybody doesn't sound like a fucking tsunami ninja. Trailer. Now there, there are times that it's fun. Like I've, I've been watching uh, black lagoon and the, uh, the mangaka for that um, said that in his mind, the English is the canonical version. Cause all the people are like Americans except for one guy who's Japanese. That's, um, that's, oh, that's funny. That was the thing I was going to say about translation oh, yeah. earlier. 
a new episode of JoJo came out, mm-hmm. and there's a character who is probably trans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Argu- people were talking about that, yeah. People are arguing about what pronouns they should use. And someone asked me, like, well, what pronouns do they use in the Japanese? And I was like, they don't use any pronouns because it's Japanese. It's a different language. <laughs> like, <laughs> the only thing they're referred to, not as their name, is Ani, which means big brother. But because their voice is so feminine, I would use she, her pronouns personally if I was the translator. Because both their presentation and their voice is very feminine. But... I can't give you the canonical pronoun of this character. Yeah, you're gonna cause... you're gonna need all the plot from the from the mangaka first. <laughs> but but beyond that, even without the plot, just the just the I hadn't seen anyone positively gender this character in a way that they seemed happy with, demonstrably, because in the language you usually don't use pronouns with people you don't know. Oh boy. So like <laughs> and the only thing that she's referred to is Ani, which just means big brother, which is gendered male. But like, so I, so for me to give that any d- answer on that is not definitive, but my own interpretation, right? You know, and to, like, to and my only interpretation to... is like, well, she speaks in a really femme way, so I would imagine she her pronouns. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think like I think like to to acknowledge that its interpretation is is like good too, because then you're you're basically saying like. Here's my guess on the art. And it's not at that point you are you are making yourself fallible, which is something that we, we I think we were talking about off air is not a fashionable thing to do. Oh yeah, no. Um, <laughs> not in public. No, Everything's no. public. Oh my no. god. Um you're making yourself fallible, but you're also saying, like, yeah, look, like the 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 point of this is I'm making a guess, and here are the conditions of my guess. And like to to say that means that you're making some sort of like statement of interpretation, which I think is like more interesting than any sort of like, oh, my computer spit out this answer uh, can ever be. <laughs> oh, well, so that's the Mike. The computer did it, by the way. The most <laughs> fucking paranoid fucking big brain take I have of that is like. Neoliberal capitalism, consumer society is a way to try to m- make pure ideology not exist because it covers everything. Right. It's inescapable. So it's like, no, we're post-ideology and ideologies don't exist anymore. And in that way, politics doesn't exist anymore. Like, that's kind of the goal of making everything automated. Ultimately, if there's no human authority based on any decision whatsoever, there's no actual anything. And it's just like, that would make ideology so invisible and so hard to fight against, which it already is in our situation, but just make it furthermore that. Yeah. That's my most paranoid read on on that. I don't think like, you're. I don't think you're incorrect. I think. I think the idea is to go post ideology, and that, that. I mean, that's certainly what Elon Musk is trying to do with being like hyper conservatives to be like, well, I'm just a rational man, and like, I mean, that's how many genders do you think there are? Right? Yeah. You know? Well, that that whole like my whole fucking life, that whole like, I'm not left, I'm not right, and you're like, you're right. Yeah, and you're probably a libertarian. One million like, percent, you're right. Like, <laughs> but it, it's also funny because like. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of old now, and I feel like it was worse when I was younger. I feel like around the early 2000s, like we were still in the end of history, post ideology. Oh yeah, no, that, no, like, no, real Fukuyama. Trying to do anything with left politics in public was like damn near impossible because like the shit people were bringing to it was like 
It was like people had forgotten how to walk. You know? Well, yeah, like, I mean, thinking about like Black Block before the the WTO, like it's like the main thing you hear about anymore with that is like, oh yeah, they had crazy puppets. That's so funny because I was just explaining to my girlfriend about how like the the kind of puppet show socialist guys. I remember going to their shows because they were also kind of like supposed to be political events. But their politics specifically, and no offense, I have no idea what they've been up to the last 20 minutes, well, 20 years. First off, uh, I'm a puppet guy now. <laughs> no, no, no. I was gonna name I was gonna name Crime Think oh, my name. Crime Think. Oh my god, I, Crime I Think. I feel like I'm gonna say that and people are gonna be like, they're doing the real work, and they may very well be. I, I don't that think they were. they're doing the real work, Dean. I think you can uh, safely count. Okay, well crime think when out. I was 18, 19 years old and going to things like that. They would put on socialist puppet shows that were just like the rich guy has an orchid or orchard, but this really cool guy named Jack goes and steals the apple. And the rich guy's like, hey, those are my apples. And Jack is like a cool trickster. And you're like sitting there being like, this is about you personally feeling cool. Like, <laughs> I don't give a shit about you and your like cool guy identity. Like, all right, I'm going to come back and say crime think is actually doing some cool stuff. Um, I did. Well, look. I would just imagine in this day and age, it's not the same people that. <clears throat> no, it's not. Who, and I think like who were who are like twenty five when I was like seventeen. Well, and most of the stuff on their pages is about stopping Cop City in Atlanta and um, uh, remember and uprising in Peru and remembering uh, uh, see, climate see, activists. See, which like that's the right that's on. the very that's the very reason why I figured the sort of sh- shitheads that I was dealing with in the anarchist scene in North Carolina in the year 2000. I don't imagine that that thing could have survived because it was almost apolitical and post-ideological and was about a sort of lifestyle brand that made you feel like yeah, being cool in a way was like activism in and of itself without having any any theory or even idea of helping anybody. No, I will. And that says more about the time. I'm not shitting on crime. Think. I will like, say they have a book called days of war, nights of love crime think for beginners, which sounds very similar to that. Oh, so. I think they probably had it back then. Yeah. That, but, that might just so be a I, classic, but anyway, so I was, sorry. I was, sorry explaining, I, was at, think. I was explaining to my girlfriend that how hopeless it felt there that like, you know, it would be like, Oh man, they're going to go to I, war in Iraq. We got to fight this shit. And they were just kind of like, I don't know. What if we, uh, I don't want to hang out with food, not bombs people. Cause their food sucks. And just be like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, like dude, a thing that haunt haunts me still was like, I went to, <laughs> I'm just talking shit at this point, but it's just funny in Get retrospect. Cause I couldn't even, I couldn't even figure out what was going on, but I went to some kind of event like that. And me and my roommate walked in and a guy was like, Hey guys, I made some soup. And we we're like, okay. Like, we were talking about setting up some kind of action. It was kind of like a political meeting. The guy was like, I made some soup. And I was like, no, I already ate, but thank you. Maybe I'll have some later. And he was like, I made some soup, though. Like, I made this soup. And I was like, okay, cool. And then, like, I can't remember what he said, but, like, have I been muted this whole time? No. Okay, I'm good. just listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I just saw the words on the screen that said, you've muted yourself. But that was at 939. Anyway. Edit that out or cut the commercial. No, I won't edit it out. You're good. But uh, I so me and my roommate were like, I was like, he was like, I bet you think you like you have to buy soup at a store, but I made all of this from scratch. 
I bet and he was kind of like impl- soup at a store. He was kind of implying that we were like less about that life, probably because we weren't dressed. We didn't have dreadlocks and you weren't, shit. You weren't making soup. So the extreme irony was both of us worked in food service. I was working pantry <laughs> in a kitchen and my roommate worked at a pastry shop and woke up at five in the morning. And I was like, yeah, my, my grandma made soup. My dad makes soup. <laughs> I understand. you. <laughs> and I, but it made a soup here and there. <laughs> but this guy's way of trying to vibe us out politically wasn't being like, hey, man, would you punch a cop? It was more like, I bet you fools think you have to buy soup at the supermarket. <laughs> but it was just kind of like. This this level you're working at, like, <laughs> what the fuck? He's just he like he stops and tells you like he asks you like, do you think it's called the supermarket because that's where you buy soup, normie? Supermarket. How do you think they spell that with an O? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was just so I just feel like there was a level of like when I was really first coming into adulthood where like we were so post ideology in that sort of like yeah. dead brain end of history thing that people's ideas of rebelling were like, uh, I'm going to buy a TV and break it. <laughs> you know, well, like, yeah. It was, I mean, to go back to, to sort of like, um, uh, conceptual art, it was like, it was all conceptual art ideas. It's like, I'll show capitalism what I think of it. I'll make a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. So, Wait, I don't know why we got that. I, I'm not sure. That's fine. Um, I know I've, I've also been playing. Um, <laughs> I've also been playing Danganronpa and another visual novel from that guy. Uh, the guy Kaz, who made it called um, uh, End of the World Club, which people don't like. I've liked it so far, um, but I, people I trust also do not like it. So I'm, I'm interested to see why it's bad. I um, haven't played any of those. I've basically never played any visual oh, novels. Oh, really? You should. But I, I don't have a I don't have a Windows PC, so all the time Piss is telling me about these great games, and I'm like, you okay, can't play I them guess on I, Apple. Nah, most of the time on Steam, at least they're always. And I was like, and then other friends are like, you could build a partition or something. I'm like, I don't even know how my fucking can people works. can Come people on. help Deegan find some find some visual <laughs> novels that are playable on. No, because half the ones that Andrew tells me about, and of course Andrew knows what they're talking about, so yes. I want to play them. Oh yeah, like, no, 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 you should always play the ones Andrew. I, I'm so like I bet but like every time eBay, I look, they're just not available on anything. I we're have. gonna we're gonna make this work because I th- I'm I like I'm not good at being a visual novel evangelist because I don't. I'm not good enough at reading them. Like Andrew is, they're just like so much better at it than me. Uh, much yeah. more, more dedicated, but I I've come to really enjoy them as a, as a, as a genre. So I've been really enjoying that. Um, but yeah, that's what I I've mean, been playing. In, in some ways, the, the new Catamite series is almost like a visual novel. Oh, there you go. So far as it's kind of super linear and just mostly reading stuff. Linearity <laughs> rocks. Uh, like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm all in the tank for linearity anymore. Um, I mean, I could go either way. Okay, it depends on how much time oh I have. My. Um, <laughs> well, what are you? What have you been playing, Deegan? Aside, aside uh, from uh, domestic bliss, it sounds like based on uh, your your dropping of your girlfriend there. Oh, I shouldn't have, man. All all the listeners who the, like, see this is this is what boy bands are supposed to do, Deegan. This We're is what like to... this like boy bands or idols are supposed to pretend that they're like I'm just looking for the perfect someone so that people can dream at night of dating. They're them. gonna they're they're gonna get all these threats from the no cartridge sixteen and under. Uh, I'm gonna get listeners. I'm gonna get unfollowed by all the people who are like I dreamed we were married and now I find out. It's funny you should say that because the only video game I've really been playing consistently is I've been playing through Final Fantasy IX with my girlfriend. Oh, that's a fun game. So 
JRPGs are the perfect game to just play with someone when you're hanging out because of all the down. Like, that's how I played them as a kid. I would usually, me and someone oh, yeah. else would play them during, like, the grinding shit and just, like, talk, shoot the shit yeah, and I, hang out. I, a buddy of mine and I, uh, my, my best friend Emerson and I would always just, like, I mean, we've played a ton of RPGs, some of, like, which I just, like, have forgotten we played because, like, we'd just be like, oh, yeah, we need something to talk, like, just something to, like, fill the, fill, like, the basic idea of, like silence while we while we just chill like it wasn't like we couldn't talk for three hours or like we were uncomfortable with it it's just like well no, it's I mean, weird it's to just, just do if you're just like in an empty room no matter who you are yeah no i mean it, it's just cool because like for the plot points we're paying attention like and like the serious dungeons and whatnot we're paying attention to what's going on but like you know if there's grinding to be had we're just shooting the shit and hanging out yeah but like oh, that's sweet that's that's a fun game and also i love the design of that game and the world of that game it's it's so endearing and i'm also so old that that's like one of the last final fantasies i liked before everything turned into like nomura kind of like uncanny valley mannequins which yeah, has enough. just been what final fantasy has been for 20 years now i mean i, I like 12 i guess that's kind of that's fine after nine and 10 but <laughs> I, I one of the things i like about 14 is that like even though it is sort of that design it also the basic like philosophy of it is very much a like not a uh it's very much not a like serious thing like there's well, you know well, there's all the there's all the big people but then there's also like the little sort of super like SD characters, the wall of And from what I hear, like 14 in the same way as nine is all callbacks to stuff oh, throughout the whole series. Callbacks all and the like, time. All the time. Nine is like that too. But the funny thing is it's like, I forgot how like final fantasy was the series. I loved the most when I was a kid. And like, I forgot how intensely I played it that when I'm playing with my girlfriend now, I'll like see something and be like, yeah, uh, that character's sword art is actually a reference to General Leo from uh, Final Fantasy VI. And I'm like, why do I even remember? <laughs> like, I, I was straight up like in middle school when I played Final Fantasy VI. God. But like, you know. You're killing it, man. So that's that's what's going if on. If anyone needs to have a quote uh, from the from the for the fan cam of uh, of Deegan, uh, I think the quote where he says uh, playing JRPGs just is a great way to connect with someone. Um, I it's, think that's that's a really that's a really good quote for the it, fan. It's camp. funny. All the JRPGs I played my whole life, I rarely played them by myself. Like they're they're hard back and all the ones I played with friends or my brother and or you know, girlfriends later. But they're hard to play by yourself. I think I, I've, I've always found it kind of difficult, but I, I don't think especially that's... anyone that has grinding it at some point. I'm like, I could be doing literally anything else. <laughs> yeah, I like the one thing I'll say about grinding. I found this in uh, Shin Megami Tensei three when I was uh, streaming that with Andrew. Um, like I I found like, OK, I can't stream on screen, but like or on stream, I can't grind on stream because people are going to hate that. But like also yeah. I can't get through this game if I'm just playing it. I have to grind a little bit. So I would just like put on a podcast and zone out and do it. It was, oh, it was yeah, very, that can be meditative, mm -hmm. but it depends on the game. Oh, I mean, 100%. I, what, yeah. I, I, I like dragon quest games for that reason that they're just the right amount of friction that you can both zone out and be engaged with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, I found like 
the SMT games, sometimes they're too fucking difficult to zone out when you're grinding. Because he's got to have, you have to have the right, the right skill level of monster that you're fighting. So you, well, it's also just funny that you're just like, oh, whatever, I'll go over here. And it's like, yeah, this thing insta killed everything. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, they're, they're the best. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So, so any, any, any final thoughts? I've, I've kept you for an hour and a half. We probably should, uh, Actually, longer than that, considering. Oh yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I don't consider talking to you keeping you in a place. But if you do, that's reasonable. I, I understand. Been, I put on a watch and have been tapping it for three hours. Going, when is he going to get to what we've been playing? But uh, no, yeah, I don't know. I got the only thing like basically new, other than go play the Garment District of the Killers series, is I made an art account. Ooh. On Twitter. That's a good one. I like that account. And it's A Deegan Art, one word. It looks like A Degenerate without the E. And that's uh, purposeful. That that's why it's it that's why it's your purpose. that's why it's your stage name. Actually, Gom called me out and was like, Were you writing A Degenerate? And I was like, No, it just looks like that. Gom called you out. <laughs> yeah, I got called out. Gom's like, You you aren't about that life. <laughs> <laughs> about the degenerate life. It's actually funny. That's why I'm not to keep you. <laughs> no, no, no. I have nowhere to be. <laughs> I know, I'm joking. But uh, one of the one of the ways that I knew NFTs had finally died off is my last name Deegan D E G E N. Like there is a kind of crypto bro that calls themselves, I guess, Degens, oh, spelling it the same way. Interesting. And it's short for degenerate gambler. God. And it's weird because they're almost joking about how they just lose bets on crypto and NFTs and shit. But they also self-identify as somebody who loses like that. Like so there at first beautiful. people everywhere would be like friends of mine all over America would send like a picture of like a Lamborghini that said my last name on the back and they'd be like, Is this someone you know? And I'd be like, No, that's a crypto guy. It's everyone in my family. Yeah, you, you found them. <laughs> you found my whole family. <laughs> But then it got to the point that if I put my actual name in my screen name on Twitter. Oh, you'd get a bunch of people. Literally 10 times a minute, I would get like, hey, fellow DGENs, are you looking to gamble on a like, (laughs) And I was just like, literally people name themselves this so they'll be a target for a thing than they are. And this is my actual last name. And people are fucking being like, Hey, you want to gamble and lose on the new shit apes? And it's like, no, man, <laughs> leave me alone. Now you got the wrong guy, dude. Sorry. But, but I guess that world imploded because I can use my real last name and I'm not getting that. That's exciting. I, I do worry about you when uh, sports gambling becomes even more accepted because I've heard people call themselves degenerates in that realm, too. So that's that's so weird that sports gambling ads are straight up. So everywhere now. Oh, yeah. There it's I mean, it's, it's normal. Th- it now. started happening maybe like eight years ago and then it suddenly disappeared So I thought maybe a law had been passed, but now it's back in full swing. Well, yeah, I think like originally the the what you could do for sports gambling was you could do like daily fantasy, like you could make like a roster and then like, you know, play against other rosters and maybe win some money. And I think that was a very limited sort of interest. And then they passed the laws where you can gamble online, like just straight up gambling, like put money on, you know, the next to win or whatever. That's dangerous. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's dangerous for for people. <laughs> dangerous for me, man. But uh, I, 
At, at least if you had a bookie, you'd have to go somewhere or call somebody or something. Yeah, and then you could be, like, embarrassed if you lost. Like, I don't – I yeah. the, the internet, like, I could just be like, well, I'll just put another bet on. I'll, I'll keep going. If I had to see my yeah, bookie – Yeah, the fact that it's impersonal, that you could just just kind of be like, uh, I don't know, I'll make it up on the next one. Yeah. Seems real dangerous. If I have to see my bookie, they're like, you really thought that that was a good bet. <laughs> like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, That's crazy. Yeah. It's the world we live in. Um. And that's the so, world we live in. That's my plug. Everybody get into internet gambling. <laughs> everyone, get on get these gambling apps. Everyone get really into like setting parlays and stuff like that. I, I do it sometimes. I'll 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 help you out. Um don't bet don't bet over uh, winnings of five hundred dollars. You have to pay taxes. There's a oh, there's wow. a no cartridge gambling. I actually there was a there was a sports gambling app that asked to to do some ads a while back and I was like, ah, I can't. I no, I can't do it. Like that that's too much. Like that's I'm happy to do like I didn't do that. I didn't want to do that and I didn't want to do simply safe. And I was like, I can't I can't in good conscience do like gambling apps and like the people who want to police the neighborhood. <laughs> like I can't. I rem- I remember like 20 years ago a friend of mine's dad like bought into an online casino where you paid for chips with real money and didn't read the fine print that you couldn't cash out. Oh no. So he was just like ripping pissed that was like, wait, but I put real money in this. How do I cash out? You just couldn't? You couldn't, apparently. Oh my God. And I was just thinking like that, but that seems set up to just like fool old people. But I think it was like it was like games of like Texas Hold'em and even like solitaire and shit. Oh I just remember being like that's evil. That's really evil. Well, I mean, you can trick all sorts of people now. It's exciting. That's um, cool. So we're gonna we're gonna log off and uh, and go scam okay. some people. Um, got it. We're not gonna record that part. Uh, Deegan, thank you so much for being on. This was a thanks blast. for having me. And sorry for all the girls who found out that I'm not single anymore. You know, ladies, just focus focus on your careers. Get into that college of your choice. This the <laughs> wait. Why are they so young? Because well, they're like they're like uh, they're into like boy bands and stuff, isn't that? Oh, like, okay. okay. I'm just I'm I trying to think. Trying... I'm trying to think like a Beatles. I'm not calling you. I'm not calling I thought you were trying to age gap cancel me. <laughs> yeah, I. The, the whole point of this podcast was to call you a pedophile at some point or another. Set me up. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> 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 All right, everyone. Uh, we'll we'll hey. talk to Deegan again soon. And Deegan, I will talk to you again soon. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash Hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to. 